Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Bossed Up Podcast, episode 116. I'm your host, Emily Aries, the founder and CEO of Bossed Up. And I just want to give a shout out to all the badass women I'll be bossing up with at Bossed Up Bootcamp in New York City this weekend. Today's special guest is actually a New York City dweller and a Bossed Up Bootcamp alum herself. So the fact that I'm sharing this conversation the week I'm headed back to the Big Apple for Bootcamp is oh so special because Michelle herself is going to share a little bit about how Bossed Up Bootcamp helped her accelerate her career and level up in some major boss ways. So if you're navigating a career transition or know someone who needs a little bossed up in their lives, Bossed Up Bootcamp remains the most intensive, deep dive way to get bossed up with me and our expert team of trainers. I cannot brag enough about the amazing women who are joining me as trainers at this weekend's bootcamp. There are still just a handful of spots available, so make sure to register before Wednesday at midnight or email me personally if you've missed that deadline to see if there's still room for you to get in on this weekend's Bossed Up Bootcamp magic. The website to check out all the details, learn more, and register today either with a three-month installment plan or a one-time payment of $3.99. Head to bossedup.org slash bootcamp to get all the details and register today because it's a -a one-of-a-kind weekend you won't want to miss. And it's our last one in New York City for the year. Now, like I said, today's conversation is with a really special Bossed Up Bootcamp alum as we continue our series of profiles and conversations with women who are featured in my forthcoming book, Bossed Up, A Grown Woman's Guide to Getting Your Shit Together. It debuts in just under one month now, May 21st. So if you haven't already, make sure to pre-order your copy on Amazon or at bossedup.org slash book. And if you pre-order before the month of April is out, you can still take advantage of this month's incredible pre-order perk, which is 100% free access to my Get Your Money negotiation course. And the reason I'm so excited to sit down with Michelle and share with you her brilliant story is because she's featured in one of the most interesting, complex, early chapters in the book, all about cultivating your boss identity. It's kind of a tricky thing, right, to start to actually feel like the boss of your life, especially if, like most of us, you've ever struggled with the imposter syndrome or feeling like a fraud or just not being sure if you can rise to the occasion, if you can rise to a big challenge or new opportunity in your life. Because after all, facing challenges and opportunities can feel pretty nerve-wracking, especially when you're not sure if you have what it takes to succeed. But cultivating a boss identity is all about flipping the script on that whole mindset narrative. And it all starts by taking small risks and making small boss moves 
that can build up your swagger, your confidence, and your capacity along the way. It's not about that fake kind of external bravado, that chest-thumping bravery that sometimes gets passed off as confidence. It's truly about seeing yourself as being in the driver's seat of your own career. Now, Michelle came to Boston Bootcamp at a really interesting crossroads in her career. Let's jump into our conversation so you can hear more about it. So you can hear how Michelle began to see herself as capable of so much more than she knew possible and gain some insights into doing the same. Michelle, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Emily. Really looking forward to speaking more about just the bossed up mentality and persona. So thank you for having me. Bring that to life. Happy to be here. I love that you said persona too, because that's a good uh, synonym for really cultivating this boss identity, internalizing the kind of confidence that I want all women to have on their career paths, which is something you've illustrated so beautifully over the course of your career, which is why you are featured in chapter two of the book. So take us back just for our listeners who have yet to read about you on the blog or hear about you here. When did you and I first meet? You remember? Yeah, no, I believe it was in keep me honest, 2013 or 2014, one of those. And it was a very uh, pivotal point at that point in my career and life. Just to even give you more background, my father had just passed away. And Mm. I was in the midst of going for a promotion at that time too, to really see and make the call of whether I wanted to stay at Amex or even move closer to home to, you know, closer to family, that particular perspective. But one of his last parting words was for me, he's been around my American Express journey forever. And one of his parting words was like, you know, you've been vested, you've been there. So why not go for it? And that's really when I came to Boston up at that moment in time, my boss had really challenged me to say, I know you want this promotion, you have to show me that you can work for it. And that was like, between that and then my father's last words to my wow. course career progression, I said, you know what, go for it. Like, I want to like really keep pushing on for him and definitely saw that through. So when I came to Boston, Up, I was at a pivotal point personally and professionally, and it really helped me bring to life and bring to a center focal point what I should do next. Awesome. So you came to Boston Up Bootcamp and you had been working for American Express for some time, right? Tell us a little bit about the path you took to make this career with American Express. Yeah, I kind of fell into it. I mean, when I first started working at American Express, I was a sophomore in college. I thought it was going to be a part-time job. I was coming from out of state from Maryland to North Carolina at the time. And so I wanted to get some extra rent and, you know, paying off campus yeah. fees and housing. So I started on the phones taking entry point level phone calls from a customer service perspective. And then I quickly got into the brand of what American Express really focuses on. It's like customer first, customer centric. And I started pulling together different training documentations and really taking steps above and beyond what was expected of me. And that fell into a career where I was in learning, I was in development, I was instructional designer. And it took me from North Carolina to Arizona to Utah and then eventually to the headquarters 10 years later at that point. So it was an amazing journey to even just see myself where I started. But even from the beginning, I, I remember one of my first trainers said, hey, you know, we're headquartered out of New York. And I was like, thinking, I want to get there. Why can't I? So I always <laughs> thought it would be further after I graduated college, but quickly became a full-time job. I let that become my career and took my learnings along the way to apply them from a career and educational perspective. Yeah. So you had been a sophomore in college 
when American Express, and just FYI, they did not sponsor this podcast, <laughs> just to be clear. We're just big fans of Amex around here. And I, to be also especially disclaimery clear, I have in fact done some training for American Express in the past. So they have been a past client of mine. Much appreciated. Thanks to you, yeah, Michelle. <laughs> and they still want you. We're much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> so you traveled across the country because they identified your talent early on. And that meant walking away from this traditional path, as you've called it. And as you tell me in in the story of yours that we feature in the book, you know, that was a source of anxiety or a little insecurity over the course of your career. Can you describe that choice that you made to really drop out of college to pursue an Amex career? I know. I know. It sounds crazy. And honestly, looking back, I wouldn't have done it any differently. So when I look back on it, I was forced to say, do I want to pursue this career with all the great opportunities that were coming at my way faster than I could even imagine? Or do I want to continue down the traditional path and find what my calling would be? At that point, I was a psychology major and didn't even think that would turn into something. Maybe it was psych, but I said, why not? Let me capitalize on what's in front of me and build from there. Because I I did at that point, and especially within this generation, we were seeing people capitalize on what's made available in front of them. And I think that's a smart move. So you don't miss out on the opportunities and you take those risks because if you don't leverage what's in front of you, you might miss out on the opportunity. So for me at that time, it was a different path than my peers, my family, who were going through a full end-to-end four-year, even up to grad school career. And there, there I was stopping taking classes, but focusing on what could become and hoping that it would pan out for me. So I would say for me, at front and at first, it was okay because I was rolling with the punches and seeing where I landed. But as I became more senior in my career, then I started to question myself, like, I know I need to go back and get my degree. I know I need to continue and further my education, but in what space? And it took some really self-reflection and analysis to say, what do I want to do and how will I do it now that I've come down this path and I need to continue further? So I went to school online. I found a major that fell in line with what my business objectives could be professionally. And even taking career classes online and school online, that's also sometimes seen as a no-no. So it's really being confident in not only what you serve up, but how you can translate whatever education you get into your line of work and business. So it took me some time to get there. And Definitely along the way, I still question myself, but you still, you just have to go with what you know in your gut uh, you can offer. And I think it's just helpful to hear that you were insecure about your quote unquote non-traditional education as you come to Boston at boot camp thinking, you know, my boss had just let me know that this position above me, my former boss had left, my position above me was open. And she said, I want you to bring it. I want you to prove to me that you have what it takes to do this job. And so you're on the brink of this massive promotion wondering, do I have what it takes? Does my educational background and how different that might look than some of my peers, is that going to hold me back? Like, What were some of the anxieties or voices in your head that made you feel that sense of being an imposter, right? Yeah. The imposter syndrome is this very real concept that I talk about in my book that impacts women, especially, that can make us feel like, oh my gosh, we just talked our way into this job. And any minute now, somebody's going to find out I don't belong here, that I'm not qualified. <laughs> what was that feeling like? No, totally. And I still feel that to this day, to be honest. I think it's an ever evolving 
reminder that we have to push ourselves as women to say we own this, we deserve it. But at that point in time, and still today, I think there's just within us the need to please others and prove Mm. to others our value, whether it's our partner, whether it's our colleagues, family, there's so many roles we play. And we're always trying to convince not only just ourselves, but others that we belong here, especially women in the workplace and the corporate environment, to be honest, is a lot more cut through because that's a boys club. So we're trying to push ourselves further as you get higher in your career, which is where I am is, do I belong here? And if I do, what do I bring to the table that's different than even my male counterparts? And especially as a woman of color, that's even a different addition and added on to that challenge. So Fortunately, American Express is big on diversity and making sure that we bring folks along the journey, irrespective of their background, cultural ethnicity. So I really appreciate that because I've gotten opportunities that I wouldn't have probably been able to do otherwise, but it takes a company to bring that confidence forward in their mm-hmm. talent as well. And a company that walks the walk and doesn't yeah. just talk the talk. Totally, yeah. totally. I know it's not the same across, but that's really, I think, what we have to feel as women each day is what can we do to be better? And I think we're always pushing ourselves more than others. It's tricky, right? Because you're in financial services. It doesn't get more pale or male than that, (laughs) right? So you're in a pretty male-dominated white majority environment as a young Black woman on the rise. Like, How did you interpret your boss's boss when she challenged you and said, Right before you came to Boston Bootcamp, like, I want you to prove it. I want you to show me that you are capable of stepping into this leadership role. Like, what were the dynamics going on uh, at that point? Yeah, in my head, I was like, can I? Should I? Will I? And when I get there, if I get there, there was always so many questions, I think, at that point, and they continued to come as... And we're always trying to answer those questions too. But sometimes we just have to go for it, you know? Yes. So that was really the dynamic and the ongoing dynamic in my head is what else? What if? Well, what what about mm. this? Um, so I think we're constantly as women just questioning and trying to prepare and, and dissect like what can be next. And sometimes we just have to put a sentence out there and put a period behind it and say, this is my answer and move forward with it. Yeah. I love how you're describing this principle I lay out in the chapter in which your story falls in the book, which is chapter two. I talk about this concept of the iterative process of developing a boss identity. And the first step to feeling more like a boss is actually acting like a boss. And it's counterintuitive because people want some sort of magic bullet to make the fear go away. And I'm like, spoiler alert, there's no magical you know, bullet other than maybe a shot of whiskey (laughs) that can make you feel this false sense of bravado. And in fact, I think that bravado or that kind of confidence is dangerous Mm -hmm. (laughs) and misleading. Mm -hmm. But when we act in a way that essentially is, is grounded in why not me? Why can't I do this? Let me do this. Let me take this leadership role. Let me step up and throw my hat into this ring. Then we can gauge the reaction we see from others, which is the second part of this process, right? How does this go over? How do people react? And then we can begin to internalize that validation or what we hope is validation, not rejection. Mm -hmm. So how did it go when you brought it? (laughs) You know, your boss said, I want you to bring it. How did that promotion process go? And and how have you drawn upon that experience since? Yeah, I love that because the acting and assuming that role is really what 
makes you feel confident that I can do it. And sometimes it's trying something on for size and how you may have reacted in one meeting versus another and really trying out different personas. And once you find that persona that sticks, you go with it and you push it forward. And it is trial and error. And that's where the risk taking comes into play. So throughout the promotion process, I stepped up, I ascended and I faked it until I made it for some certain things. But because I was at least trying something on for size, it became. Yeah. So what I really appreciated about that's what I took from Boss Up was your power pose, like, you know, going into things each day to say, like, I can do this. And that superwoman mentality, really, as I step through my work doors day in and day out, that's really what turns on for me is like, I can do this, like, throw away all the mess, everything else is going on, let's just get to work and do it and be the best at it. At least we can put our best foot forward and we can hang up our feet at the end of the day and be proud with that. So that was really my promotion journey. And I've taken that with me for the past few years since we've last met. And I really do think that helps assume leadership capabilities is when even if you're not comfortable, just try it on for size, see how it works out. And you'll be surprised how you're impressing yourself and you're impressing others. Yes, I love that. And it's this idea of assuming leadership is a very proactive way of looking at it. And I I want more women to feel entitled to assume that role, right? To say, yeah, I can do this. Let me show you. Let me show you what it feels like for me to step into this leadership role and then show me how you react. You know, sometimes people are going to like it. Some people aren't. But like you said, the trial and error is that that refining process, the iteration and iteration after iteration that shapes your inner Sasha Fierce. Oh, I love <laughs> right? it. Like Beyonce's sort of persona it. there. So what's your climb at Amex been like since then? Tell us about the different roles that you have navigated. So since we last met, so I got that promotion to be the manager of change and training at that point for our US group. And since then, I took into another account the negotiation component of bossed up to like really, this was big for me, given my background was to be clear on the ask to be very confident in what I want, because within especially your career, you want to make sure you're getting something out of it. So along the past few years, I've said, Hey, let me shape my role for this, maybe I can mold into another lateral. So I really wanted to make intentional moves until I figured out what was next. And most recently, I was up for a promotion now to director, which was the next level. So even more pressure and possibilities and I can even take you back to December of last year when my previous boss said, hey, why don't you put your name in the hat? Once again, felt, oh no, not a director. I can do manager. I can do senior manager, which is what I was currently doing um, and doing. But I was like, hey, now you're looking at people with MBAs and you know five plus who knows years of leadership. But he said, no, you can do it. And it was that belief that really pushed me through. And I went through the interview process. I assumed the leadership role and really just put my best foot forward. And I mean, unfortunately, I did not get it. But I think over the past few weeks, I've taken the lesson learned. I am now acting director, though. I know. So there's still a blessing in disguise throughout all of it. And even at that, I'm still going to take it to say like, okay, I wasn't selected, but what can I do to make this work for me and the company in the best possible manner? So really seeing that rejection's okay and you can pivot and right. still take take the heights to what's next because if this is not meant for you, there's always something else around the corner. Yeah. And I almost think that weathering a little rejection along the way is a really important part of the process. Totally. Trust me, 
trying to promote a book <laughs> has been a very vulnerable experience because I don't know. I feel like I'm so comfortable putting out content for free, like this very podcast, that trying to get people to buy a book, including a great book with your story in it, Michelle, um, has has put me into a position of really hard pitching certain companies to ask them if they want to be a part of the book tour and, you know, asking people to come to book tour events in which they buy a book. It's just been a vulnerable experience in that I've gotten a lot of, yeah, I'm so excited. And even more, no, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like even more doors slammed in my face. Like what? Oh, we have to pay? Like we have to buy books? Like, no. I mean, I'm not going to say it feels good. It doesn't. But getting up the next day and taking a deep breath and saying, today's a new day. I think it's a part of cultivating resilience. And, you know, your identity isn't shaped in isolation, just like you said, like hearing the validation and encouragement from others is part of that process. It's true. No. And I think it takes some time to get there, no matter how long it is. And that's okay. I think that's okay to tell folks if you get rejected, if you get the decline, if you didn't get the promotion or raise you asked for, take some time to grieve. It's okay. But then bounce back and say, okay, how can I pivot from this? And what's next? Like, obviously that was one opportunity, but there's going to be 10 more down the line. It might not be immediately. It could be, but at least you're open to that in the universe. And so, no, I totally think it's okay to sometimes accept what didn't happen and then say, that's all right. What else can be there for me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not internalize it as this like, huge rejection of who you are, right? Because there's, it's important for us to internalize our successes, but sometimes externalize and learn from our failures and not say, I am a failure, but rather that effort was a failure. What can I learn from it? Right, right. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, that's bossed up for you in a nutshell. You're bossing up, whether it's the good, the bad, like we're showing up in all facets to say, we can do this. It's all right. We don't know all that we don't know, but we will figure it out. (laughs) I love it. I mean, you're so obviously a veteran of Bossed Up Bootcamp. I'm so glad. You're like living proof that the whole lift as we climb model is working. That's why I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud of all the women who are featured in this book, a few of whom I've profiled on the podcast now this season. It's such a sign of, to me... Like what I set out to create with Bossed Up is bigger than what I had possibly imagined. And that the lessons of your story can be applied to anyone reading the Bossed Up book. What would you want women who read your story to really walk away with? Yeah, I would say that one thing that I want folks to walk away from, and this is what I'm walking away with still to this day, is believe in yourself in your core self, your authentic self, because that's what makes you unique. And that's a good thing. That's a perfect thing because we're not all supposed to be cookie cutter. We're not all supposed to do it the same way. Diversified women in the workforce, I think is what's going to really propel us to take it to the next level across this country. And especially in the corporate environment, really standing up, asking for what is right, speaking up when something is not right is so needed. And we're all going to do that in different ways. And so I really want folks to take away whatever your journey was, irrespective of where you've come from, where you're going, what you could be doing, embrace really that journey because it's a beautiful thing and you're not going to get another one of it. So, you know, just right. go through it, go through it. It might suck here and there, but you know, that's <laughs> yeah. okay. You're going to laugh back on that because it's just a blip in time. 
And you're going to appreciate that even down the road. So that's really what I want people to take away is own being your authentic self and rejoice in that. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that because it reminds me of the fact that your unique perspective is always going to be one of a kind in the workplace. And we need that, right? We, we don't need homogenous perspectives. We need different perspectives to tackle the big problems of today and to make, make places that we work better. I love that you have a really corporate experience because there are lots of podcasts out there and lots of communities out there that have boss in the title that are just talking about entrepreneurship or side hustles. And there are many more of us who are in corporate environments who are being bosses that away. It's not easy to do because you not only have to have faith in yourself, right? In a corporate environment, especially, you need to persuade others that you are capable of that promotion. And so one of the concepts in the chapter right around your story is something known in the research as stereotype threat. Mm -hmm. It's this interesting concept in the research that actually kind of bums me out. (laughs) So the finding is that when women and people of color and women of color are reminded of what makes them different, and I put different in air quotes, Mm -hmm. that they're the only person of color in the room, they're the only person with a different educational background in the room or what have you, it actually saps up some of our mental resources. And as a result of being preoccupied or worried about what makes us different, it can actually detract from the work at hand and make us perform worse (laughs) because it's taxing, right? So how have you navigated that, especially in a, an environment like the financial services industry, where there must have been times where you felt like the one and only? Oh, totally. How do you sustain your confidence when you feel that way? Yeah, I mean, it does take some uh, super women poses from day to day, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sometimes you have to have the right Katy Perry song on or Beyonce as you really head into the workplace on the train. Depends on the day for sure. but. When I lived in Utah, that was definitely, I was one in a few versus now in New York. I'm one of many, but still one of a many few. I think that's uh, very important because for me, I wear natural hair and like sometimes I feel like I have to put myself together, especially as I ascend the leadership components within my corporate world is like, okay, how do I still bring my authentic self to work, but also still make sure I fit the mold. So I think there's always a matter of not even, I I mean, some people call it code switching where we have to like, you know, move from one place to another. And you're right, it could be taxing. But at the end of the day, you need to take your head away from that and focus on the task at hand. Like, yes, it comes. It's natural. I don't know why it's built within our DNA, why we question that and who we are, but question it once and move on. Like it's not going to be effective for you. um, And you're just going to hold yourself back. And you don't want to look back at the end of the day and say, I could have thought about approach this differently. Right. I love that. I always say purpose over perception. And it's a privileged thing for me to say because I can I have the luxury of dressing like a total scrub in my pajamas at home, basically, as I record this podcast. But it's like, you know, the more you can focus on the, the task at hand or your purpose than someone else's perception of you, which is only somewhat within your control the better. So it's finding that interplay. That's totally. Yeah. And you'll find out most of the time it's going to work out because you're going to deliver, you're going to showcase your abilities and 
then you can wear, do whatever you want. Like it doesn't matter, but honestly, yeah. people just want to drive results. Yeah. <laughs> so do what you have to do. That's true. I mean, it just reflects on the Amex sort of way of doing things too, that you can say that because I don't know if every workplace can say I that. Know. And really Amex should sponsor this podcast. I should be like, and here's where you can find a job and apply to <laughs> work for Amex. But, it, you know, I've had the privilege of working with a, a lot of multinational conglomerates and work on culture and work on people issues and provide trainings and keynotes. And I was really impressed by what I saw at American Express and driving results. I wish that were more of a priority for everybody's promotion. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's what we have to do. We have to get the work done in whatever capacity you're in. I love it. Well, Michelle, I want to thank you again for sharing your story, not only in the book, but also in the podcast now. What advice do you have for a woman who's listening to this, who's a sophomore in college and is thinking about making a big risk or taking a big risk and is listening to you for advice on whether she feels capable of really stepping into her own leadership. Yeah, I would say to that young girl, the possibilities are endless. And those possibilities are what you can capture, what you can create, what comes your way. Be able and open. I think that's super key to reading the universe around you and what it's offering. Like, you have to be open. You have to be willing. You have to take those risks to your point and really stand up and do your superwoman pose and say, hey, I want to go down this path. Even if my friends aren't doing it, my parents aren't encouraging it. I feel like this is what my authentic self will be happy doing. And I'll see where I end up. But at least I know I can't regret not going down that path. So really celebrate the possibilities and be open to them and just go the hell for it. <laughs> I love it because that is such an important time in someone's life when they're forming their boss identity, not their people-pleasing, straight-A student, brown-nosing, you know, how can I get an A identity? It's about figuring out what yeah. you want and having the audacity to go for it, knowing that you can't control the outcomes 100% of the time. No, and be comfortable but, with that. Yeah. Be comfortable with not being able to control, but you can control yourself and how you react and how you move forward. So young girls out there, all the women, you know, just really own it and boss up. And now it's time for this week's boss move moment of the week. Hi, Emily. This is Kristen calling from Queens, New York. I finished my master's degree in social work. It was around the time that I had discovered the boss up podcast, which really, really got me through a tough, tough job search, which lasted through a very long summer. And I actually finished the job search right before I met you and got a perfect out-of-grad-school job in a nonprofit organization as a college persistence advisor. It was everything that I had been studying for, everything that I had been waiting for. And I remember how happy I was to be able to tell you that I'd listened to your podcast on references like right before they had asked me for the references. And clearly it worked because I got the job. And now I've been at this job for two months. And, you know, it may not be the forever job, but I could not have asked for better as a first job out of grad school. And I feel like I just came through that really hard summer of rejections and turmoil stronger than ever. And I feel like my career is taking off in the direction that I've always imagined. And it feels amazing. And part of that is thanks to you and the wisdom that you are always sharing with me and the rest of your listeners. So thank you. 
I am so proud of you, boss. I'm cheering you on and thanking you so much for sharing your incredible story. If you've got a boss move to share or a career conundrum you want me to break down on the podcast next, give my hotline a ring right now at 910-668-BOSS or 2677. That's 910-668-BOSS or 2677. And now I got to run because... I got the rest of a very exciting Bossed Up book tour to finish planning. I'm so thrilled that you've been enjoying these conversations with members of the Bossed Up community who are featured in the Bossed Up book. If you want to take that experience to the next level, I hope you will join me on tour starting next month, May 21st, with my launch party here in Denver, Colorado, and then moving on to a variety of incredible cities full of incredible women like you coming out to get their copy of the Bossed Up book signed or just to celebrate and to meet other Bossed Up community members. I hope to see you there. Head to bossedup.org book for all the dates, cities, and details and to register today. Until then, keep Boston in pursuit of your purpose and together we'll lift as we climb. Let's face it, speaking up at work can be really hard to do, especially for women and women of color. When the stakes are high and you've already worked so hard to just be the only woman in the room and you want to get everything right, you want to have all your facts and figures accurate before making your voice heard, it's just so much easier to stay silent instead. Researcher Deb Chahansky calls this loss of voice phenomenon. And it actually emerges in adolescent women at greater rates than men. And it sticks with us for the rest of our lives. Self-silencing behavior can actually become an unconscious habit unless we consciously engage in practicing our assertive communication skills. And we here at Bossed Up have set out to help women like you do just that. Speak Up, my live assertive communication course is back open for enrollment, and we're kicking off a new cohort launching this June. Over the course of eight life-changing weeks, you'll have access to interactive online curriculum and live weekly practice sessions where you, Irene and I, and a cohort of fellow Speak Up bosses who are owning their voice, overcoming the social messages that have taught us to keep silent, and really learning to strategically and assertively communicate when it matters most, we'll actually have the practice time to rewire our brains, create new neural pathways, and build better habits when it comes to speaking up with confidence and precision and assertively communicating in the workplace. Learn more and enroll today to secure your spot at bossedup.org speakup. That's bossedup.org speakup.